All right, you guys. Hey, we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump right in. We're gonna jump right in. Hey, once again, thank you for being here tonight, and we're so honored to have our pastor. Come on, Pastor Charles Neiman, with us tonight. Honored to have you. You guys ready to? You guys ready to jump in? Okay, we're ready. Pastor, you ready? Let's rock. Okay. Hey, so this is cool. I feel very, uh, very studio-ish. <laughs> taped, taped before a live studio audience, yeah. right? I love uh, it. From the old days. <laughs> hey, well, um, Pastor Charles, you and I have been having this conversation about, having the conversation about this conversation for a little bit now, and, and we're here, and one of the things that I'm just so grateful for you is, number one, just making room for the next generation. Of course. Right? Um, yeah. Making room for all of us, and we're so grateful for you for that, just having vision and just the heart for us, right? Um, and one of the things that we had, we had talked about, and um, you'll hear Pastor share his heart about this tonight, um, but I, lo I love what you, I've heard you say that in this season of your life, one of the things that you're most compelled to do is to pour into, and the way I've translated it in my head is, the way I've heard it is to give yourself away as much as you can to this generation, right? And one of the reasons why we called this family meeting tonight mm. is because, um, you know, we really have it in our heart, you know, Diane and I, as, as, we're, as we get to shepherd and steward prime culture, um, is, you know, we see the need for fathers and mothers we see the need for good fathering um and we could not have asked for a better father oh. within you you know and that's now look and you guys like like i know i know pastor charles loves me and i know he like i know i'm on on the good side because my direct deposit's going to go in tomorrow right like <laughs> I know that's gonna work. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this to get on Pastor's good side. You know, like I know you love me and I know you believe in me. I'm saying this because in a generation where honor and celebration is fading and cancel and resentment is emerging, we just want to turn the tide and move the needle a little, little bit, and we want to make it normal again. We want to make it good again to celebrate people and celebrate figures in our lives that should be celebrated, yeah, right? Yeah, um, and so we, we really do celebrate you. We're grateful for you. you. Uh, we could talk all night about 50 plus years in the gospel, uh, 47 years pastoring? 45. 45. Yeah. So listen, I'm 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 just I'm I'm gonna point out a couple of things and then I, I just want to get I just want to uh, my job tonight is assists right I just want to alley oop to Pastor Charles tonight you're, right That's, you're magic Johnson, yeah I'm tonight. just I'm just getting the assists tonight um, but I need you guys to understand this okay 45 years um, and there's there's this statement in in the New Testament that says living above reproach not perfect none of us are right. But having a name that for 45 years has stood the test of time, the transition of generations, that your reputation, your character, your integrity, how, how you're known, not just in our city, but 
in our country and literally around the world for 45 plus years has been one of integrity, one of godliness, one of honor. Um, and I just, I, I need to say that out loud because the next generation needs to know that it's, that's special and it's, and it's not normal. Um, and this is, this is why you guys, like I appreciate the cool, the cool celebrity guys that we see like on YouTube, praise God for those guys, love their voices. Um, but like, you know, some of those guys have been around 12, 15 years, like holla at me when you've been, you've been doing this for 45. Yeah. Right, um, and so we celebrate you. We love you, and, you. and we're grateful for you. Um, now, most of us see you on Sunday mornings, right? Yes. Amen. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted to do I wanted to do a little bit of like let's just get to know our pastor a okay. little bit tonight, right? Um, I know you're I know you're an ice cream guy. Yeah. What's the go to? On uh, Sunday nights, let's I go. drive over to Baskin Robbins. And I get two scoops. Come on. Not not the little kitty scoops. <laughs> Big boy scoops. Uh, two scoops of either praline pecan Oof. with hot fudge on the side or two scoops of cookies and cream Ooh. with hot fudge on the side <laughs> or one scoop of cookies and cream and one scoop of gold medal ribbon with hot fudge hot on the fudge side. On the side. Yeah, you gotta have hot fudge. That's you gotta have the hot. It's not fudge. ice cream without hot fudge, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I like—I've never met an ice cream. Like <laughs> I love that. You know, where I, I really that. like ice cream is in Mexico. It's like at a whole nother level Let's of go. sugar, right? It's like another level. Ooh. Unadulterated. Yeah. No, just it's just good pure sugar. joy. <laughs> um. All, all time. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I, we didn't prep for this, but uh, top top three movies. Top three movies. Yeah. Uh, no particular order. I would put uh, Godfather Two. Yes, sir. Um, First of all, do yourself a favor. They, this is a generation that doesn't know good movies. <laughs> probably a lot of truth to that. Uh, although, although I must say the new Elvis movie was over yeah, the Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Over the top. That was awesome. Not in my top list, but it was over the top good, I thought. Uh, so, yeah, Godfather 2. <sighs> Braveheart. I've seen Braveheart probably, I, th I think I quit counting at 15. And the ultimate guy movie, Tombstone. Yeah, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Johnny Ringo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tombstone's a great movie, you guys, if you haven't seen it. I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. So, for us, um, we hear you talk about, every once in a while, I don't know if you've heard Pastor talk about Ferraris. Um, first of all, I, you know, we, I, I don't know that we'd be mad if you pulled up in a Ferrari one day. Well, you all I, probably wouldn't, but people in the city would. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Probably, uh, we'll fight them for pass you. Pass away. <laughs> what's what's the dream? What's the dream, Rari? What is it? The dream. Oh, I'll Ferrari. take any of them. <laughs> as long as it's red. Yeah, I, I don't care which one. Yeah. No, just yeah. Whichever one, I'll tell you. Yeah, anyway, you want to bless me. If you have God. one and you're not driving it, you're supposed to give it to me. <laughs> you driven them? 
Yes, I have. Yeah. Like driven, driven it? No. <laughs> I drove it in a residential area, but it exceeded my expectations Ooh. in a rainstorm. Ooh. And it exceeded my expectations. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Please, <Very Lord. laughs> I love it. Well, let's 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 get let's get to it. Okay. Um, when we when we when you and I talked about this, um, the conversation has been, you know, we have a whole generation that is is facing a whole lot, right? I'm, I'm, I'd venture to say that's the understatement, right? Um, and at Prime Culture, I firmly believe that our young adults believe. I mean, they're committed, they go after God in worship. Um, but one, one of the things that I hear often is, hey, Cruz, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of topics and there's a lot of tensions that have emerged in culture. And it seems like a, a lot more accelerated now. Mm. Um, and I know, I, I know what I believe, but I'm not sure how to take a stand. I'm not sure how to, uh, I'm not sure how to approach it. Right, and when you and I have talked about this, um, man, you've you've literally have blown my mind with the responses and the wisdom that you've shared with me. Thank you. Um, and I think you're going to blow our minds, but more than just impress us, I think you're going to give us framework and a foundation from which to take a stand in this generation. And when you look at Pastor Charles, when you look at the span of what our young adults, our 20 and 30 year olds are living in today. Um, you said something to me recently that completely shifted my whole approach on this conversation. And you know, I, I, came, I came in hot, you know me, I just, I just I, <laughs> at times I can be a little bit of a bull, right? And I came in hot and I said, Pastor, look, I want, can we talk about this? And can we talk about this? And can we talk about this? Right? We all know that like there's a list, right? Like, Cruz, what about this? And what about this? What about this? And Pastor, you said something so key to me. And you said, Cruz, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Right. Can you help us understand that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, I, and what I would say to you is, is that I think, just my, you're asking my opinion, I'll give it to you. Um, a lot of the things that, that you all are facing, uh, I faced in the 60s. Uh, we were a generation of, uh, we wanted a revolution. There was talk of uh, burning everything to the ground, uh, total deconstruction of society, a writing of a new constitution, uh, drug usage, though that had been fringe in America up till that point, it's always been here, right? Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Uh, it came out of the shadows and became front 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 page news. Um, you know, in the summer of 1968, Time Magazine put it called it the Summer America Burned. Uh, we had major riots in every major metropolitan city in America and even some of the less metropolitan areas. Uh, horrible, horrible time. Killings in the streets. Uh, had a major riot at the Democratic National Convention in Chicago. 
um, well, in, in Chicago, not at the convention, but yeah, in Chicago. Sure. Uh, police cars on fire. It kind of sounds like last summer, doesn't it? Wow. And when I was sitting at home watching things on TV, I kept telling my kids, Shannon and Jared, my God, I'm having flashbacks, right, to what we went through. Uh, we went through what was called the sexual revolution. Uh, it was became normal to have multiple sex partners outside of marriage, prior to marriage. Um, it just was this whole upheaval of our, of what had been normal, if you can call it normal, life. Uh, at the same time, we also were having the civil rights movement, thank God, uh, was being birthed by Dr. King and the brave men and women that stood with him. Um, so there was all kinds of things going Absolutely. on. We were in Vietnam, a war that nobody wanted and nobody liked and everybody hated. And the great tragedy of the Vietnam War, besides the 53,000 men and women that died there, Americans plus how many knows how many Vietnamese, was how our veterans were treated when they came home. They were booed, they were spit on in the airports, they had eggs thrown at them, uh, they were shamed, uh, they were never welcomed, and they simply were drafted and asked and told to go. And so I'm saying all that to say that we survived it and we came out the other side. Mm. Not that we don't have a lot of work to do, but at the same time, um, Rochelle and I were in the middle of that and got born again around a couple years later. And suddenly we found ourselves in a position to where things that the Bible was teaching us to believe in and to live according to, um, many of the people around us rejected that and quite honestly used to make fun of us, mock us, quit being our friends, quit inviting us called us names uh, and I think all of it was being done just my opinion to try to get us to change what we believed so they could be happy wow. and we had to make a decision and that decision was this is what we believe we don't believe it now hear me I, I think this is where Christianity has made a lot of mistakes and that mistake has meant has been to me that we chose to believe something but we choose to believe it with a sense of arrogance and a yeah. sense of self-righteousness yeah. and it's like we're drawing a line and we want to start a fight yeah that was never our hearts uh, we never wanted to start a fight yeah. now people started fights with us but we would not fight back yeah I heard you say, you know... Did that make sense? 100%, okay. right? And I hope you guys can see the, the, the foundation we're building here, right? That all, all of the things that are emergent for you right now, all the hot topic stuff, and we could go down and make a list just this year alone, right? Roe versus Wade, 
that stuff, right? The, 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 the gender orientation, sexuality conversation, civil rights conversation. Um, I, heard, I heard you say that when, when we were talking about this, Pastor, you said, Cruz, this has been an issue from day one. It's not a 2022, you know, it's not a 2022 issue. I said 2022, right? But, but if we get to 2022, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, be the same issue, right? Because be there. there is sin in the earth, and sin warps the image of God, the relationship with God, the truth of God. And from day one, this has been the issue, to separate God's creation and the Im image bearers of God from the creator, right? That's what Satan did. Right in the beginning. And the truth is, you guys, as we're unpacking this, I want you to carry this in your thought that Satan only has one trick. From, from my perspective, please correct me if I'm wrong, but all he can do is get us to question the truth of God. That's what he's always done, right? Like to, right. did he really say that? I don't know. Did he? Why? Genesis 3, right? Why, really? Why did he say that? Right. You know, he says that to the, to, to the first, the humans, yeah. and then when he, when he tempts Jesus, yeah. right? If you're really the son of God, if. if, if, right? And I think I think if we're not careful, that's what that's the danger we run here is that we start questioning what we believe based off of all the noise and the chatter around us. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. The goal is to separate us from what we believe. And the point here isn't in the point of conversations like this is not to win debates and arguments. Mm -hmm. The point here is for in our lives and through our lives to see Jesus more clearly and represent him to the world more clearly. That should be the goal, right? Um, and so I love what you said recently, Pastor, when we were talking, you said, Cruz, look, at the end of the day, I disagree, but I don't hate, mm -hmm. right? I disagree, but I don't hate. And I think in, 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 in looking at what our young adults are living through right now, that's what we're trying to get pulled into. Where it's like it's like there's two sides that are making us pick and say like it's either or, right? Um, how did you and Pastor Rochelle, when you were walking through this, how did you take your stand? Because that's what it's going to take. Is saying this this is where I am. I'm going to take my stand. This is what I believe. Well, again, to me, it was that we took that stand without a sense of arrogance or superiority. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to, to and, I, and I don't today, I, I wasn't trying to elevate myself above someone else. Mm. And, I, I, and when people would say to me, because we may have disagreed about whatever their life choice was, sure. what, what, whatever it was they were doing, okay? You can make a list. Yeah. It's not three or four things. It's 20 <laughs> things, okay? Um, I mean, I'll give you an example, right? I mean, I, I had friends of mine that I saw going down a path towards alcoholism. All right? They were on that path. I was on that path at one time. I come from a family of rampant alcoholism on my dad's side and my mother's side. Okay? Both sides. So I, I told Shannon and Jared when I was raising them, look, the reality is we are playing Russian roulette with two bullets in the gun. Hmm. Okay. Wow. And so, if you go down that road, you better watch out. And so I, you know, so I had friends going down that path, and and I would guys I worked with that I cared about. Um, 
and they went down. And I would say to them at times, don't you, don't you think you need to back off a little bit? Mm. And they would just get infuriated with me <clears throat> and, you know, make fun of me and get in my face and, and uh, relatives the same way. And, and, but I, I wasn't saying it because I thought I was superior to them. I was saying it because I cared about them. Yeah, that's great. And, but at the end of the day, I still care about them. And at the other end of another day, it's still their choice. Right. And I'm going to love you whether I agree with the choice or not, yeah. unless that choice is to harm me and mine or to harm another person then I feel obligated, right? I mean, you, you just, I, I can't answer every contingency here, okay? There's no way. Or we'll be here for yeah. 20 years. <laughs> um, so, you know, my, my feeling was, was to, to love them. And several years ago, I was talking to someone and, and they were asking my opinion and I didn't offer my opinion until I was asked. And <laughs> so good. That, that's a big life lesson right there. Yeah. Like, I don't I mean, think we can just go right by that. I can mean, you say that again? I didn't offer my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I didn't offer until I was asked. <laughs> and now, if you're close to me, you know, if you're close to me, then I'll give yes. you my opinion without being asked. <laughs> yeah. But if I don't know you, I'm not, I mean, I'm a stranger. You just walk up to me. And this happens to me, Cruz, and a lot of people know, this happens to me nonstop in El Paso. Nonstop. People just approach me and start saying things to me. Mostly very nice things, but occasionally very aggressive. And, and I, I, I'm to the point now where I kind of laugh at some of it. Again, not in an arrogant or superior thing, but I, I said to a guy not very long ago, he came up and he, he was really being cool and hip and slick and... And he thought, I could tell he, he really thought he had me, right? And he had this kind of look on his face, and he was looking over at his friends, and he, was, he thought he had me. <laughs> I think he really thought that he was going to ask me this question, and I was going to fall to the ground, renounce Christ, lose my faith, leave the church, <laughs> quit, quit living the way I was living because he was the one, <laughs> right? And I just listened to him, and, and he was building up, and I said, can I just finish the question before you ask it? Because I already know where you're going. Wow. And I went, Bubba, this isn't my first rodeo. Come on. <laughs> you're not the first guy that thought, that thought you were going to do this to me. And so he said, well, let me finish. So he asked me the question. And so then I answered. And he looks at me and goes, I knew it. I knew it. You're nothing but a hater. I said, Wait a second. I'm just standing here waiting for my latte. <laughs> you came across the room to me. Wow. How could I hate you when I don't even know you? I said, but maybe worse than that is how can you tell me what I feel when you don't know me at all. I said, if I did that to you, 
you would go ballistic. Right. Right. But it's okay for you to do that to me. And so maybe that's too long an answer. My no, that's perfect. Point Pastor being Charles. is that we find ourselves at times in life, I, I, I think, and this was hard for me because I'm my profession, if you would, if I can say it to you like that, depends, <clears throat> excuse me, hugely depends on people liking me. <laughs> and if people don't like me, then I have no place, no one to speak to. And, but I also had to accept that oftentimes in life, people aren't going to like me. Wow. Unless I'm willing to change my believing system to their believing system. And I don't think I'm obligated to do that. Right. And, and when I refuse to do that, I don't do that in, out of hate or arrogance. But this is my believing system. And I think I have a right to my believing system as much as anyone else has a right to their believing system. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I think... And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to change my believing system unless someone can prove to me that I'm wrong. And there have been believing systems that I have changed. Because I saw in the Scripture that my believing system, though... I started out believing something that I thought, but as I got further in to the Scripture and looked at more of the counsel of God, I discovered, well, I wasn't wrong necessarily, but I wasn't complete either. Wow. So I'm going to say that I've changed. Some of you maybe have parents that have come to the church and now you're coming. Thank you. Uh, if you talk to some of the people that have been in the church for 30, 40 years, they'll tell you that there have been three, four times I've come in and said, hey, I taught you this. I believed it with all of my heart. I was sincere in what I taught you, but I've discovered that I need to teach you something different. Wow. wow. And so here we go. Yeah. But, but that happens, that happens in, in, in community and council, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't, necessarily, it, that doesn't necessarily exist at large though, right? Because what happens here, it's shouting matches and it's conflict and it's us versus them and it's these lines that are drawn that it's, what's trying to, from what I can tell is that what there isn't understanding or growth that's trying to be offered, it's ultimatums. Yeah. Either you believe like us or else, right? right? Either, either you give us what, what we think you should give us or else, which the hypocrisy you guys built into that is that, and correct me if, if I'm going too far, I'm 100% so submitted, right? Um, but the hypocrisy, Pastor, in that is that what is asked of us, let's just say from a perspective of, um, thank you, from the perspective of a Bible-believing, let's just use the word, a Bible-believing conservative worldview, right and what's called tolerance or acceptance right um what's asked of us to offer to the other side um well maybe it's not even asking more it's demanded or expected it's not necessarily returned 
right? So we'll say, okay, we can operate in the grace and mercy of Jesus. And what, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, it's possible for me to love you without loving what you love, mm-hmm. right? There's a line I can draw that. Well, that that's, that's godly. Right? Um, but then when, when I take a stand and when I say this is what I believe, now I'm a bigot, right? right? Now it's hate speech, um, and it's and it's really it's 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 an interesting line to draw, um, where I have to. It's almost like if I'm going to be compassionate towards you, I have to give up my convictions, right? right? Um, and when I look at the scriptures, Pastor Charles, I don't see Jesus do that. I see Jesus be compassionate. Immediately, I'm thinking about the woman that was caught in, in adultery, right? Matthew chapter eight, I think, and she's caught in the act, living wrong. Right, like caught in the act. And if you know the story, these religious people bring her before Jesus. They're actually trying to catch Jesus and put him in a, yeah. in, in a pickle and test him and make him say some wrong things. In his infinite wisdom and in his, in his beautiful wisdom, he essentially gets to a point where he says, you know, let the first one who, let, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. They drop their stones, right? They walk away. Jesus says, where are your accusers? I don't accuse you anymore. But there's the compassion, right? He stands up for her. He's, he's fighting alongside her, right? But then he doesn't just say, okay, well, you're good to go. Have a nice life, right? What does he say? Go and sin no more. Yeah, change this life. Change, change the life, right? Um, and so looking, just speaking through the, the wisdom in which you've gotten to this point, how do we do that? What does that look like? practically to take a stand I'm going to stand for what I believe I'm, I'm not saying what I believe because I don't like you I'm saying it because it's what I believe right and so practically how's how what does that look like for you what does that look like for you like maybe on a daily or just like in moments where you've had to make those kinds of decisions well I'll go back to what I said earlier uh, maybe we made a decision and I still live by that decision that that I am a Christian that it, that is who I am. That's great. I am a Christian, and and being a Christian, my first allegiance is to Christ. Wow. And the example that I see of Him in Scripture is the only people in Jesus' life that He got after. Come on, were religious people. They were the only ones that he was not sweet Jesus. <laughs> All right? And um, he really took them to task. And I think he did because of the, part of the parable that he repeated often and often, to whom much is committed, much is required. Mm. And because they had been committed much, he required more of them. And they didn't like that. Yeah. Or they failed at it terribly and he said to him once he said you load men down with burdens they cannot carry and then you don't help them to carry Mm. and you can just feel the heat coming off of him Uh, so anyway we we made it I made it Rochelle and I made a decision but I'm speaking for me now right so I made a decision that I'm a Christian Uh, this is a choice I have made I, I believe Jesus is who he says he is, and I receive him in that way. 
That does not make me better than anybody else. It doesn't make me superior to anybody else. It does not give me the right to condemn anyone else. But it does require me, Jesus said in Matthew 16, if you're going to be my disciple and you're going to follow me, the King James text says you got to take up your cross. I wish they had translated it correctly. He said, you're going to have to take a stand. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And I, I don't take my stands in anger other than, I mean, I do get angry at times, but it's not <laughs> in a judgmental way. I'm angry because people have been lied to or deceived, and it hurts my heart to see them living yeah. uh, because of a, of a lie that's robbing them of the abundant life that Jesus came yeah. to give them. So made a decision that I was, I was going to take a stand. But again, I know I keep repeating this because I think that a lot of Christianity has failed terribly in this area, not in an arrogant, haughty, superior, judgmental way. Right. This is what I believe. And I'm not demanding that you change your believing system. I'm not. First of all, I can't. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I have no control over any one of you in this room's believing system. All I can do is present wisdom or knowledge or understanding to you. Pray that, it, that light shines in your mind and in your heart and that then you will open your heart up open the door, right? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open that door, I will come in. Amen. It's an incredible picture to me, right? Ever the gentleman knocking on your door. Could he kick your door down? Absolutely. <laughs> Could obliterate your door. Okay? Could just walk in and sit down at the head of your table. But he doesn't do that. Unless he's asked. Yeah. Or received. And so that 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 I think that is what has helped me that I somehow I, I think it's like it's two paths walking parallel to each other. That I'm taking this stand, but I'm not leaving this this road of compassion and love and non-condemnation in order to be I don't think you have to be one or the other I think you need to be both if yeah. that makes sense to you at the same time absolutely and I, I, I don't apologize for being a Christian I think that's I think that's so major pastor to say I'm, I don't apologize for being a Christian because I think if we're not careful that's where that's where we get caught up is trying to please everything and everybody, yeah. right? And can, can we... Can and we, at times it gets uncomfortable. One, abso absolutely. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it does, right? I mean, but also they did it to Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Like it happened, it happened with Jesus. He was, he was not fully accepted. They crucified him, <laughs> right? Um, and a couple, a couple of things. Number one... Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that in a couple minutes about taking a stand. You said I chose to. 
come to terms with or know that I chose to be a Christian. I chose this life. Mm -hmm. I, I, I choose this path. I choose this way of believing. I, I have decided to follow Jesus. And you built, you built some framework to your life around that. Um, you mentioned some of your pillars to me this week, and I want to visit that a little bit. But one of the things that, that uh, while we're on topic, you know, we're, we're not going to give account to the people who are fighting on, on Instagram and Twitter. Right. We're not going to give account to the TikTokers, whether it's, whether it's pro this or pro that. We're not going to give, as Christians, we're not going to give account to the influencers who are fighting for your attention. As Christians, we're not going to give account to our friends who are saying, well, I don't understand why you can't just, and I don't get it, I don't, right? Well, of course you don't understand. You haven't decided what I've decided. At the end of the day, there's only one we're going to give account to, mm -hmm. right? The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And you said something so beautiful to me on, on, uh, on Tuesday. You said, and when I stand before him to give account, there's only one thing I want to hear. Yeah, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Well done, good and faithful, faithful servant. servant. What does that mean to you? Well, when I saw that verse decades ago, okay, I mean, I want you all to understand that, okay, uh, <laughs> decades ago, <laughs> um, I always felt uh, tremendously inadequate mm. and um, lacking, and I'm going to try not to get emotional. Uh, when I first came into the kingdom, and for several years after I first came into the kingdom, I would pray inwardly and say to the Lord, maybe, maybe someday you'll let me do something for you. Maybe. But if you don't want, that's fine. Wow. I'm, I'm grateful you saved me and I'll go to heaven. Wow. That's, I'm happy. I'm good. And several years later, as when, when I really began to not just carry a Bible, but to study a Bible, mm. and I really began to look at the Bible for what I think it is, which is God's wisdom for my life yeah. and His view of how he sees life and the laws that he has put in place that I can yeah. live in those laws yeah. and use those laws to have this abundant life that his son came to give me. And his wisdom, his instruction, his do's, his don'ts, all of it is in that remarkable book, right? And it's so phenomenal. So I began to look at it from that standpoint. And th this was a guidebook, an owner's manual, whatever you want to call it. A handbook on living, hmm. written by the author of life. So, years later, I came across this astounding verse in Corinthians where Paul said that we labor together, and this is the part that shocked me, with the Lord. 
And I remember I was sitting at my little desk in my apartment off, off of McRae. <laughs> and I looked at it, and I, I just put my head down on my desk, which I'm prone to do a lot of, and I just began to shake my head. And I said, oh my God, all this time, I would have been happy if you'd have let me do something for you. And all this time, you said in your word, I can do things with you. Wow. And it just was incredible. beyond my comprehension that I could labor together with him. Wow. With him. I'd have been happy to do it for him. Wow. But now I could do it with him. And then that began to build into that, that verse that you mentioned in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, where Jesus said to two of the servants, he, could have, he would have said it to all three, but he said it to two of them, well done, good and faithful servant. And then that touched my sense of inadequacy because I've never looked at myself as gifted or talented or really smart or <laughs> you know and so there's I, I'm fully aware of all of my shortcomings and I'm very aware of other people's enormous talents and gifts and I, I'm in awe of them I could begin to list people right that I just sit back and go wow, I wish I had that and wish I could do that but I can't but Jesus didn't say well done gifted Charles he didn't say well done smart Charles he didn't say well done highly educated Charles he said well done good faithful servant those are not gifts those are choices mm. every one of us in this room tonight can choose to be good. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even say I had to be excellent. It's good. He just said be good. I mean, what kind of a revolution would we have in El Paso, Texas, Come on. if just this room left here tonight and said for the rest of my life, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And if I am good, then I'll do good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good to the people around me. I'm going to be good to the guy outside Walgreens that needs some money. I'm going to be good to the people at my house. I'm going to be, I'm going to be good. Yeah. Right? It's not a gift. It's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. Okay? Then faithful. Yeah. Faithful is not a gift. It's a choice. Ah, I can't jump high. I can't run fast. I can't dance. I can't sing. I can't play a musical instrument. I can't do math in my head. I can't do any of that stuff. It's good for me to figure out the tip right in my head. I'm happy with it. That's the extent of my math now. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I, 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 can't, I don't have all that that many of you do have, and I'm in awe of you. But I can be faithful. That's very good. I, I can be faithful. And then servant. I can be a servant. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I can be a servant. And for my life, and I think if you, if Rochelle was down here, she would 
agree with this statement. If you brought Shannon and Jared here and asked them, I'm pretty sure they would tell you this. I serve my family. I serve Rochelle. I serve my children. I serve my community. I serve all of you. I serve my, I try to serve my staff. I serve my friends. I, I serve God. I chose to be a servant. What, what, what is interesting there, I was teaching uh, last week at a pastor's conference and I was actually referencing that verse. And I said, one thing I want you to notice in that verse, Jesus didn't say, well done, good leader. Mm. I don't think he's impressed with all of this leader. Mm. I think what he's looking for are servants. Yeah. Right? And in becoming a servant, then you can, then Jesus said, then you be a leader. We are different in Christianity. God uses the same words that society uses, but he uses them in, oftentimes in a whole different context with a whole different definition. You know, God's definition of leadership is servant leadership. Yeah. And then I was shocked a few years ago, I was reading this incredible leadership book called Extreme Ownership. If you like those kind of books, I would encourage you to get it written by two Great Navy book. SEALs. And uh, so I was reading this book, and, and they said the most important quality in the SEAL teams is servant leadership. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> it came right out of the New Testament. <laughs> and they actually teach that. Servant leadership. And so I think, I think you know, I, I, that's, that's what I try to live by. Because, as you were saying, when my life is over, I'm not going to answer to my fans. I'm not going to answer to my critics. There's only one man waiting for me at the end of my life. That's it. That's it. And I want to hear him say, "Yeah, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think it's attainable. I love that. Um, I know. I know. We. I know. I made a big deal of, of celebrating forty-five years, and it should be right. Thank you. Um, I agree. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just got through celebrating Tommy Barnett. Sheesh, legend is uh, almost at seventy years. Wow, <laughs> it's unreal. He went in the ministry. He is at 70 years. No, next year, 23, he'll be at 70 years. Can you imagine that? 70 years of being in the ministry. 70 years. And you know what I always say? I always say this. 70 years and not one time has he come into the church and say, I need to ask you all's forgiveness. It's beautiful. Uh, last weekend, I was... And I shouldn't have. Wow. Wow. 70 years. Wow. And you I, can do it if you want to. That's what I was about. That's what I was about. If it's to important say. to you. You have to see the value in it. You know, you, you, you pursue things, I think, we pursue things that we, that we find valuable. 
right? I've been known to drive down the street, turn around and come back, get off my route to look at a, a Ferrari. <laughs> I, I have been known to do that. <laughs> come on. I love uh, it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I was in a mall in Jakarta one time. And... Uh, Incredible city, astounding city. And I was in this mall and I was walking around. They have these gigantic malls. And I was walking around this mall and I turned the corner and they had an Aston Martin dealership in the mall. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to teach you something real quick. So that statement right there, I was at a mall in Jakarta. <laughs> so we would say, that's a big flex right there. Just slight flex I real was, quick I was, I was speaking at a friend at a friend of mine's church and uh, he honored me by inviting me to come and speak there <laughs> I was at and a mall so, in Las Cruces so, so I'm just um. <laughs> so I'm just walking around taking pictures of this Aston Martin right and sending them to everybody I know so look at this this is awesome this is incredible <laughs> I want one. No, I want two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love. I love this. I love it. If you guys learning some great stuff so, tonight, so incredible. My point being, yeah. before I go off track, is 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 you pursue things. I think that you put value. That's on. it. That's it. You know, um, Jesus said, "Out of the good treasures of a man's heart, he'll bring forth good things." Yeah. Yeah. And we all decide or maybe you didn't know this, you get to choose what are treasures in your heart. It's up to you. You get that choice. God says, I suggest hmm. these. Right? So you want to make sure that you've got good treasure in your heart because you're going to draw out of that treasure in your life. It's brilliant. You know, uh, got off track there. It doesn't Sorry. matter. We can you can do whatever no. you want. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to do what I want. No, I think um, I, I think what's what's so key in that is, I, I, you know, I heard you say it once. Um, it was the it was a Thrive Conference. It was my second year of being on team. It was I think it was 2015 when you taught forever forever faithful forever forward. Mm. Right, and you say, man, there's a lot of things I can't do, but I can be faithful, you know, and I can I can move forward. I think we talk about, um, you'll come back, right? You'll come back and do this? Anytime. Let's go. What are you doing tomorrow, right? Like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm just, <laughs> you're gonna be in Sacramento tomorrow. Yeah, I'm speaking um, at a church there tomorrow night. But, you know, so forever faithful, forever forward. I think we, we talk about forever forward in another conversation. We talk about resilience and grit. And, um, but forever faithful, um, when, when, I, when, I, when I see your life and I, I get the, the beautiful opportunity of just getting a pretty close seat, you know, um, your, your commitment to what you agreed to do. Right, um, and one of the you guys have heard me define this for you when it comes to faithfulness is faithfulness is making the decision to come back to and making a commitment to the original agreement, the original agreement, especially when you have options. You know, and I play with it when I talk to you guys about it. It's like, man, like, you know, like faithfulness when you're with in in a relationship. 
you know, it's not really faithfulness if you don't have options, you know, like if you're a guy and you don't have options, you got her like, you're like, I'm lucky, man. Like, I'm not going to mess this up. Right. But it really is tested. And it's only faithfulness, in my opinion, Pastor Charles, when you have the option to do something different. Mm -hmm. And you always do. And you always have the option. You always have an option. Right. Um, And when we when we stand before the Lord, I love this thought. When we stand before the Lord. We want to hear him celebrate, not, hey, great job, you won an argument on the internet. Hey, great job, you, you, you won a debate. Hey, great job. No, you, you were faithful. And faithful to what? Well, when they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Right, because some of, some of the tension and some of the conversations that are heated with people on the other side of us, like on the other end of the continuum of morality and perspective, it's like, well, you know, like, well, what does the Bible say about this? Well, like, first of all, let's start with the top commandment. And, you know, then we can trickle down. But like the top commandment, the first principle drives everything else, mm-hmm. right? And so Jesus said, I don't know if you remember, right? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. At the end of the day, that's, I believe, the greatest point of faithfulness that we should come back to, that we love God with everything. And from our love relationship with God. Yeah, there's no part of your life that's off off limits. Come on. Right? And your commitment to God. You know, that word strength, okay, you ready to get shocked? Okay. Are you ready to get shot? Yes. <laughs> you look up that word strength. That's a quote from, from the Old Testament, right, that Jesus brought into the New and quoted it. But in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your, all your strength. The word strength there should have been translated pocketbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this generation is cash app. It's... <laughs> <laughs> he said, you love, love, you love you the Lord pay. your God with your money. Sheesh. So, okay, I undug it, so here we go. So why would God put his finger on that? Right? Because God knows us as a mm. species. And he warns us of the danger of loving money. It's not against you having it. I'm telling you right now, God's not against any of you in this room making five million a year. He couldn't care less. It doesn't bother him, doesn't upset him. He's not afraid of it. But what he doesn't want to happen is that it deceives you. And you think you have value because of what you have. Jesus said a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things which he possesses. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what he's saying, what's he saying there? It's not either or, it's have it and rule it and use it to love me like with every other part of your life. Don't have a room in your house that I can't go into and I'm not Lord there. That's great. Right? That's great. Every room in your house that he's Lord there. Does that make sense? 100%. I think it does. It does to me. 100%. No, I... I, I love that. And, and I, let me say, in, go ahead. In, in my opinion, that, that verse there that you quoted, 
that Jesus quoted and then added the other part about loving your neighbor as yourself, I always look at that, and my reply to that is always, so all of you that think Christianity is for sissies, take that one on. Yep. <laughs> love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yep. I'll stand back here and watch you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have some neighbors I'm still working on. <laughs> right? Trying to climb that mountain. <laughs> Asking God to help me. Help us all, Jesus. Amen. Help us all. Help us all. No, this is this is this is so good. You glad you came tonight? Yeah. So good, right? Um so here here's just as we're landing the plane. Um there's a lot of options. I, lo I love that we're, we're landing at faithfulness, right? Okay. Um, you guys, you have a lot of options. A lot of options on how to believe, what to believe, who to believe. Um, but I just, I just want to remind us that when, when we entered the kingdom of God and we said yes to Jesus, we didn't say yes to an option or a consultant. The scripture says in Romans 10 that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord. Yeah. You'll be saved. Lord means he's the king. He wears the crown. He has a dominant influence. Literally in all I head do. of the family. He, <laughs> well, do you see how Pastor just tied it in? He's head of the family. Jeez. And he's the head of the, he is the head of the family. Head of the family. Wow. Right? And why am I saying that? I'm saying that because this culture, this time, this culture is going to want to say, no, you can have or you should do both and. And if you don't, you're not loving. Well, just a couple of handles and then we'll have pastor give us some last thoughts and, and pray for us. Um, First of all, I, we, don't love, we don't love from that dynamic of love. We love from, I love the Lord my God, it, with every room of my house. When you were saying that, Pastor Charles, I was seeing it as like, if the flow of my life goes through the filter of God, God's word, and it's infused with who he is, and everywhere my life flows carries the infusion of God, his word, his spirit, his DNA, and the way I love people, the, off, the, the love I offer people around me is framed by my understanding and conviction in my love relationship between me and the Lord. And that's the love I offer the world around me. The way the Lord has taught me to love and the way that he has loved me. Would you say that's correct? Mm -hmm. Right? And so, y'all, faithfulness is being able to come back to that love, especially when options are yelling at you, right? And so we have to take a stand to say, this is the love. This is the love that has come into our lives, and our love is not a feeling, it's a person. His name is Jesus. And Jesus is the Lord of my life, and he is the love of my life. And I will love you from my relationship with Jesus. Now, obviously, the, the, 
the onus and the and the impetus and the responsibility is on us to learn what that love is and to learn to love from that. And it's a lifetime of learning, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but we love from that. Does that make sense to you? No. Right? Um, and there is a way to love. There's grace and truth, right? There is a way to love. Jesus is for all. He died for mm -hmm. all. Um, and so... Anyway, we've run out of we've run out of time, Pastor Charles. Thank you, um, thank, thank, thank you for teaching us on faithfulness, giving us the courage to take a stand. Um, so I'm going to give it to you, whatever you want to say, however you want to pray for okay. us. But I think I think the heart and the spirit tonight for me, I'm taking away faithfulness and take your stand, Cruz. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I would just a couple more thoughts, right? Kind of as Cruz was talking, I was kind of tying some things together in my mind. Uh, simple thought, probably most of you know it, just remind you about it. You know, because somebody calls you something doesn't make you that. Mm. But but you got to know who you are. That's very good. Right? That's very good. Um, I, I, I've been called so many things. A lot of them nice, complimentary, Quite a few of them not nice and not complimentary. Um, you know, at this stage in my life, I think a lot of people in El Paso want to be my friend. And that's so much nicer than it was 45 years ago. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've been called a heretic, a deceiver, a con, a scam, uh, a thief. There was a rumor going around years ago that we were able to do everything we did because I was tied into the cartels. Um, That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one. Um, you know, there's another one that Rochelle and I owned five houses in El Paso, and we rotated from house to house to house to house to house. And that one we found especially funny because the house we were living in, we didn't even own. Y'all don't see the funny in that. Okay. I, I, I thought that was very comical. And then, and then they, then they said, they revised it and said that we own three houses in El Paso, and we owned another one in uh, La Jolla, and we had another one uh, on the French Riviera. Okay. And again, Rochelle and I just looked at each other because the house we were living in, we didn't even know. <laughs> I said. One day at church, I got very smart eloquently, and I said, so I own five houses. I said, first of all, I don't own any. Second, why would I own five? I would sell the other four and go buy me a house in La Jolla. <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, I've been, been called a lot of things. Now, when people don't want to deal with you, the quickest thing to do is to label you. And then when they label you, they can discount you and mm. move you aside. Right? They just throw a label on you. Does that make sense? Right? Just throw a label on you, I can discount you and move you aside. 
instead of having a relationship, though we disagree, why do we have to become disagreeable? Hmm. Rochelle and I used to disagree, but we, we fought not to become disagreeable. Right? Just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you have to yell and scream and shout and call each other names and throw things and break things. And Well, I don't think you do. So, um, but you have to know who you are. And I've always said to people and to myself, and people say to me, oh, you're, you're this. And, I'll, and I, I say to them now, you know nothing about me. Wow. Wow. You know nothing about me. You don't know what I'm feeling. You don't know what's going on inside of me. Wow. And yet you've already decided that I'm mm. blank, fill in the blank. Mm. I'm a hater. I'm a bigot. I'm a racist. I'm none of those things. I just do not agree with your life choices. But if you're happy with it, go be happy. I'm fine. I don't hate you. Which is funny, right? Because it's like, why are you trying to convince me? Do you think you'll be convinced if you convince me? Yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. But no, I don't. I don't. I. I I'm gonna leave it alone. I don't hate you. But there's no way I can prove to you that I don't other than mm. I give up what I believe. Right. And nowhere in this conversation have I asked you to give up what you believe. Yes. Not one time. Wow. But I'm wrong. Right, Golden Meir, right, the great prime yeah. minister of Israel, said once, "It's hard. It's hard to make peace when the other person's hand is closed in a fist." <laughs> wow. Right. So you're extending your hand, and theirs is a fist. It's hard it's to hard. make peace. So I think you have to know who you are, right, and have made the choice to believe what, what you believe God wants you to believe based on his word. And as Cruz said earlier, always remember that Satan is always trying to separate you from the word. That's been going on since the Garden of Eden. That's not new. Your grandchildren will be fighting that same battle to separate you from the word. And so you have to kind of make that decision, right? I better stop. No, it's... <laughs> So good. Yeah. No, yeah. I love it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank hey, you. let me let me say. Uh, thank you. It's very kind. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness. And and I'm so proud of you too for what you've done. That you had a vision for this, for them, and you stood it up. Mm. And so thank you. Oh, it's beautiful. You. Thank you, Pastor. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's have Dad pray for us, yeah? Yeah. Let's. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I, I thank you tonight for 
this room full of Thank you, Father. incredible potential. Yeah. Only you can see the fruit that can be born here. Only you can see what these men and women can produce. And I pray, Lord, that as they navigate life, that they always remember that your word is a lamp unto our feet. And that your word keeps our feet from being taken. And that you are absolutely every day on their side and want the best for each and every one of them. And that when life gets difficult, and Jesus told us it would, that that commitment to faithfulness will rise up in them and they'll always remember that you are the Alpha and the Omega. That with every ending, there is a new beginning. And I ask you, Lord, to shine your light upon their lives and guide them, lead them, Confirm to them and show them how good you are. And may every one of them bring forth fruit, much fruit, Jesus said, to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Was that good? Yeah? Awesome. Hey, so listen, before, before we dismiss, a couple of things, a couple of things. Don't move too fast, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple of things that you want to you hear. Number one, if you gave your life to Jesus, pray that prayer. If you're new to the culture, go to the Blue Neon, okay? We have a team that wants to meet with you, take some next steps. Number two, uh, this content, thank you, Pastor, for letting us record tonight. This content will be available on our podcast. Have you been following the podcast? Okay, so hey. Episode two drops tomorrow. It's incredible. It goes in line with what we were talking about tonight. This will be available next week on the podcast and on YouTube, okay? So go check it out. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. A little grenade. Don't ask me questions because we don't have a plan yet. Um, but we just got news a week and a half ago that Prime Culture is now an official registered student organization at UTEP. So our strategy, our vision to go serve 30,000 plus UTEP students is being born. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to do it. Amen? Start small. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, we'll see you at church on Sunday. Hey, and if you're not in a circle, what are you doing with your life? You need to be in a circle. Um, so you can go to the link in our bio, find a circle. We've got some of our circle leaders here tonight. They'll be by the Blue Neon tonight as well. Hey, shout out to Viable Coffee for letting us hang. Let's sell them out. Let's sell them out tonight. Also, we got, we got merch in the back. Go get some merch. Last but not least, 
all our servant leaders, Andrew Fung, our interns, everyone who made tonight happen. We love you. Hey, have an incredible Friday. We'll see you soon. God bless. Good night.